Welcome to the Mornings with Sue and Andy podcast for Tuesday, June 29th. We begin with our weekly conversation with Mercedes Stevenson, Global News Ottawa Bureau Chief and host of The West Block. This week, Mercedes discusses the potential for a federal election call coming late this summer and just how prepared the Liberal government would be in that case with a handful of changes in Cabinet over the past several weeks. On that topic, for a lot of Albertans, news that former Environment Minister Catherine McKenna won't be seeking re-election is welcome news. But the person who could replace her isn't likely to win a popularity contest in this province either. We discuss with Dwayne Bratt, political science professor from Mount Royal University. Has the weather been a little too hot for you lately? Maybe it's time to turn to tech to cool down. We get some suggestions on how to chill out from the gadget guy, Mike Yanni. And finally, every year the Calgary Stampede introduces some crazy new midway food. Sometimes it's a hit, sometimes it's a miss, but it's always unique. We sample some of the menu items being offered this year, and it's a real culinary carnival. 609 now and MPs have gone their separate ways for the summer, but will they be back in the fall or will we see an election later this summer? Global News Ottawa Bureau Chief and host of the West Block, Mercedes Stevenson, joins us to weigh in on this discussion. Good morning, Mercedes. Good morning. How are you? Excellent. Thank you. We are stifling in a heat wave and we're enjoying every moment of it out here. (laughs) (laughs) What is it? Hot Alberta summer. Yeah, it's beautiful for sure. Is it getting hot in Ottawa? Will we see an election called this summer, do you think? Oh, it is entirely possible. Um, In fact, when we signed off the air for the end of our season this this week and and we made the decision to take a summer hiatus uh, because we've been working straight through the last election and the pandemic and we believe another election could be imminent. Um, And we actually said, you know, we'll see you either after Labor Day or earlier if there's an election, because that's how high the likelihood seems to me. Uh, There's a lot of signs, right, that we look for. So number one, there's the ramping rhetoric where the speeches and the opportunities to address caucus or particular groups are clearly actually stump speeches to the public. Um, There's the Liberals' current polling numbers, which are pretty favorable. Uh, Some Liberal sources are saying in key areas. There's the acceleration of the vaccination rate. Two-dose summer uh, means people might be more likely to keep an incumbent government mm-hmm. or not be motivated to go to the polls and vote them out. Um, and then, of course, we're starting to see stuff like Catherine McKenna, uh, high-profile MPs and ministers who aren't running again, stepping down. That's a sign they're making room to potentially do a small cabinet shuffle that will allow them to put everyone where they want them heading into an election cycle. I know the opposition parties are getting ready. I know the conservatives are bringing people in from out of town as soon as next week to start preparing their war room. Um, So everyone is going into high gear. It's not a done deal, um, but I think that uh, the likelihood is increasing every day. And these things sort of have a way um, of taking on a life of their own once they start rolling. Let's talk about the timing and maybe the science behind it and the meetings that go on, Mercedes, and what you know about these things. Because internal polls are showing that the sooner the Liberals call an election, the better for them. Uh, but can they keep their numbers over the summer? Is it, is, is it all right if they wait till late August or very early September? Or is it better to strike while the iron's hot to a certain extent? I mean, I think... I think that's the question they're asking themselves right now is, is when do you go? Um, and that's why some folks think it could be as early as mid-July. 
um, that when people are going into the height of the second dose, go then. Others say no because Justin Trudeau is best in person. He's highly charismatic. Uh, people can love him or hate him, but the guy does have charisma. Uh, and he does very well in person. So they're going to want to be able to have events potentially with large numbers of people. Well, what does that mean? You need a significant number of people who are double vaccinated before that is considered to be safe. Uh, so that's something else that they're looking at. And they're going to want to maximize that economic snapback. So as we come out and reopen, the economies are naturally going to grow very quickly right. because all the businesses that have been shut down and the spending that wasn't happening explodes. And people have been waiting. They've been waiting for this chance to go have dinner and drinks with friends or to go on a vacation uh, or to buy that you know new dress or new suit, new jeans, whatever. You can do that again now. Uh, and so that's really going to blow the economy up in, in a positive sense. And they're going to want to capitalize on that, not when the bill is coming in for all of the programs. Um, so all of those things make us think it's going to be sometime between mid-July and September, where in there I think there's still a lot of flexibility. I still tend to think that the, the mid to late August is, is when, if it happens, the call is likely to happen. Um, but I think there's still a lot of variables and um I don't think we're going to get a lot of warning when it's coming. It will be a snap election. Um, They will decide the time is right, and um, they will drop the writ. But keep in mind, they still haven't announced a new governor general, and they likely want to do that before they go and ask the governor general to bring down the government uh, when it's not an opposition vote doing it in a minority situation. Right now, that would be Richard Wagner, who is the chief justice of the Supreme Court. He's obviously eminently qualified to understand constitutional law, but they may be concerned about the optics of doing it without a full-time governor general. And I wonder if that question about what might happen in a minority situation might be one of the ones being put to governor general candidates right now. Interesting. So there are some signals we can watch for that will uh, give us an indication perhaps. What about the conservatives though? I mean, you know, we know out here in Alberta for sure that, uh, you know, the prime minister, the liberals, they are not terribly popular. So can the conservatives close the gap? Do they even have a shot at forming government? Well, they have to make gains in some key areas and they're the same areas basically as the last election. They have to make gains mostly around the GTA, Toronto, uh, and in Quebec. Uh, in Quebec, they're less up against the Liberals than they are against the Bloc Québécois, which is quite popular in Quebec right now. Uh, and around Toronto, what you're seeing there is some of the drive behind the Conservatives' chains and policies around things like climate change, uh, some of the efforts they've been making to engage uh, the LBGTQ2 uh, sort of community and, and to try to prop prop up a a lot of support there. Um, These are things that are designed, uh, one, I think, from the people who I've talked to are running O'Toole's campaign, they they believe, they genuinely believe it. But two, they know they have to kind of move to the center. And it's creating a lot of tension inside the party because there's folks um, out in places like some parts of Alberta, some of the Alberta MPs who don't like this. Um, They're not happy about it. And I do know the Conservatives are concerned that they could potentially lose uh, a seat in Alberta just by a vote split. If you get a split between the Mavericks and the Conservatives um, in an area that's tight, but that's much more likely to be a downtown urban area um, than the rural areas where they really dominate. So uh, I don't think that they, they are ready to go. I don't think they want to go. But they are ready to go if they need to. Can they make the gains? I mean, it's anybody's guess at this Mm. point. I think it's pretty tough against an incumbent government uh, that is going to promise things like universal child care in an area like Toronto. They're going to have to be very strategic about how they find a way to, to counter that.
We've got about 30 seconds left here, Mercedes, but this has been your uh, work over the past several months in intense and deep work, and that is, of course, the Armed Forces uh, scandals as far as sexual misconduct. Through the summer months, are we going to see it diminish as far as interest and, uh, you know, talk about it, or is it going to continue through the summer? Well, you know, I think it depends what the government announces and how much we find out about Louise Arbour's um, report that she's working on that is supposed to be continuously updated. Are they going to release that and any changes that they're making? Um, with Catherine McKenna stepping down, are they going to shuffle cabinet? Does that mean they potentially shuffle Sajan out? Um, what's going to happen with those ongoing investigations, the police investigations? We don't know. I mean, police investigations don't tend to be quick things uh, because of the, the seriousness of what you're talking about. Um, so we'll have to wait and see. I am away for the next month, so uh, I'm not going to be breaking any stories on this, but I can tell you that there's still lots of people who are coming to me with their stories um, who want to come forward or, or want to talk about things that they have seen happen that they don't think were right. Um, so the so the wave of people willing to talk has not diminished, um, but inevitably as we go into summer, things always get a little bit quieter. Of course, we'll be keeping our eye on it uh, at Global News and continuing to push for answers on, on what the government's going to do about the promises they've made. Well, we are so grateful for you joining us every week and all the work that you do. Enjoy a little time off. You certainly deserve it. And uh, should an election be called, maybe we'll talk to you sooner rather than later. Appreciate it, Mercedes. Thank you. Thanks so much. Take care, guys. You too. That is Mercedes Stevenson, Global News Ottawa Bureau Chief and host of the West Block. Well, former Liberal Environment Minister Catherine McKenna says she will not be seeking re-election next time out. Well, she was wildly unpopular here in Alberta during her tenure in the portfolio because of her plans to combat climate change, including the federal carbon tax. However, it's now speculated her leaving could open the door for former Bank of Canada President Mark Carney to step in, and a lot of his ideas will also not be terribly popular in our province. MRU political science professor Dwayne Bratt joins us now to talk about this a little bit more. Hi, Dwayne. How are yeah. Hey, Sue. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Mark Carney, some radical ideas about economics and climate change. So, I mean, Albertans can't clearly be excited about this. And should we be concerned if he runs and wins? <laughs> I mean, he's being recruited um, actively by, by the Liberals. And in one sense, it's good that they're bringing in qualified, competent, highly skilled uh, individuals. Um, if you look at the 2015 campaign, it was branded as Trudeau's team. Uh, and there were, But over the last six years, he's lost a lot of that mm-hmm. talent. Uh, Bill Morneau, Jody Wilson-Raybould, Jane Philpott, Catherine McKenna now. You can even go back to some of the old guard of... Stefan Dion and, and John McCallum and, and Ralph Goodale, and there hasn't been an influx of talent to replace those people. Mark Carney obviously would be would be doing that. Former head of the Bank of Canada, former head of the the Bank of England. And to your comment, it wasn't necessarily uh, climate policy that people were criticizing Catherine McKenna for. If it was, they would focus on the policy. Instead, they went rated her. So, I mean, they may attack Mark Carney for agreeing with McKenna on on climate policy, but I don't think they're going to call Mark Carney climate Barbie. (laughs) Yeah, but there's the title that we all remember. Mark Carney is pushing the theory of inclusive capitalism, which provides a basic social contract comprised of relative equality of outcomes, equality of opportunity, and fairness across generations. Is this even a viable theory here? (laughs) 
Well, if if you believe in a society, uh, yeah, uh, it is a viable uh, idea. If you believe that uh, somehow market forces and, and capitalism are just outside of society and they're sort of mechanical, yeah. um, then no, it doesn't make any sense. But I think people support ideas of, of safety nets and minimum wages and and don't like the idea of concentration of wealth at the very top. Uh, if part of con- uh, capitalism is competition, then that creates competitive elements that are fair for workers as well as owners of capital. Interesting uh, thought here is that Carney being touted as a potential Liberal Party leader. So if he even gets into Parliament, should JT be worried about his job? <laughs> well, he's one of the ones recruiting him. True um, enough. You know, um, but there's others. I mean, Christia Freeland is the current finance minister and is seen as the as the heir apparent. Um, there is a bit, and, and I think Carney is, is stronger than, than Michael Ignatieff, but there is a bit of Ignatieff on here where he was seen as being recruited to, to run the Liberal Party, and that didn't necessarily work out for him very well. Um, you know, so he's someone once referred to Mark Kearney as Michael Ignatieff with a pocket calculator. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll see if that, uh, that is true, but there's lots of, uh, any, any politician gets lots of great press until the moment they throw their hat in the ring. And then you start to get the negative press. So we'll see if that happens to Carney as well. Earlier in the program, uh, Dwayne, we had the chance to speak with Mercedes uh, Mercedes Stevenson of the West Block, and she put her uh, you know money on the table and it, betting it could be weeks away, six weeks, maybe eight weeks away till we get that call for an election. Uh, what's your bet? Oh, I mean, the, the question I've got is whether it is in the the, um, the it'll be in the fall. The question is when in the fall. Like, are we talking early September that the Rick gets called in in late July? Every single sign is out there. You know, you had retiring MPs uh, giving farewell addresses in Parliament before they shut down Parliament. You've got the resignation and the announcement she's not running again of of Catherine uh, McKenna. You look at the reopening of society that's occurring right across the country as the, as the vaccination numbers kick in. Uh, minority governments typically last about two years. The Trudeau government was reelected in October of uh, 2019. We're hitting the two-year mark. Mm-hmm. Plus, if you're looking at polling numbers, uh, if I'm Trudeau, I'm, I'd want to go sooner rather than later. So we're looking likely at a summer election call. Thank you so much, Dwayne, for joining us. Appreciate your time. Okay, talk to you guys later. You bet. That is Dwayne Bratt, political science professor at the Department of Economics, Justice and Policy Studies at Mount Royal University. 8.42 on Mornings with Sue and Andy. And even if you enjoy this heat wave we are experiencing at some point, all of us need to get a break from it and cool down. Many Calgarians don't have air conditioning, but thankfully, technology has come to the rescue. Mike Yanni joins us this morning on Tech Tuesdays with a few gadgets to help us cool down during this extreme heat. Good morning to you, Mike. Good morning. And you know it's bad when you go to the hardware store and you go walk through an aisle and the shelves are empty and you think, well, what, what was here? <laughs> and it's where the fans and the air conditioning units were. Mm-hmm. There's not one in stock anywhere right now. So, yeah, we want to make sure that we can do what we can if there's sold out. And beyond the air conditioners and the simple fans, you've got some great ideas, particularly when it comes to maybe catching some Z's. 
I, I, I don't know about you guys, I cannot stand sleeping in the heat. For me, it's a necessity to cool down. And there else are some alternatives out there. And this is kind of interesting. You've heard about the mattress pads that heat up in the winter. Mm-hmm. They've been around for years. Now they're doing the flip side, and they're doing uh, mattress pads that actually cool you down. Awesome. There's a couple companies doing this. One's Canadian. They have a, a product called Chili Pad. And what it does is it's a mattress pad that has these fine little tubes that have water inside. Now you connect them to a little motor on the side of your bed. Now each side has, each side of the bed has one motor. And then you can chill the water as it circulates through the mattress pad. And it claims that it can go down to eight degrees Celsius or up to 48 degrees. And it's dual zone. So if your partner <sighs> likes to sleep warmer or cooler than you, you can have your own temperatures on your own side. You have just made my day. <laughs> uh, what's the price tag? Uh, well, that's the catch on this guy. They can range anywhere from 600 to 1200 depending obviously if you go Canadian or American made. You know, when you're looking at that price, you might want to splurge on a portable air conditioner. I mean, you can't, obviously, if you can't find them in stores. But I did find something else, and I actually thought this was a joke until I tried this out myself. <laughs> Have you heard of the bed fan? No, bedpan. You said bed fan. I get it. Bed the fan. bed fan with an F. Um, honestly, I thought this was a joke. It is a fan unit that sits on the floor and it has an elongated flat tube that tucks under the foot of your comforter <laughs> and it blows a stream of constant cool air underneath the covers. <laughs> it works. It does. It works. And not only that, it's way cheaper than the cooling mattress pads. You could pick them up for about $200. Well, you know, it's interesting. We don't get a lot of time to spend on our decks, to spend in our backyards as it is. And when it's this hot, we maybe want to avoid it. So anything for the outdoors. I am surprised this has not caught on in Canada yet. You know, when you're walking down the strip in Vegas uh, or any other major U.S. city, especially down south, yeah. they have the fans with the misters, the water misters. Yeah. Right? Why can't you buy those here in any store? You can pick them up in any hardware store. They're finally making their way here, at least online through all the major stores. These giant fans, you connect your garden hose up to it, and it has you know anywhere from 6 to 16 brass nozzles that make this fine mist. And it can cool down the area that you're in by up to 30 degrees just by using a fine mist. And I love these because it's not like a soaking mist. You're not going to get soaking wet. It's just enough to cool you down, and then it evaporates once it hits the skin. Uh, you know what? You can still find these online with some of the major uh, hardware stores here in Canada. There obviously is a, a wait for them for once two weeks, but still, I mean, summer, st- we still got a ways to go. Yeah, we the do. The other thing I want to quickly mention, though, is misting tubes. You know the produce section, how they mist the vegetables yeah. every hour? You can get these now for your backyard, for your trampoline. They're actually surprisingly cheap. Even Costco carries these now. Um, and you can get up to, you know, 48 feet tubes that, you know, have 16, 19 nozzles. So you can cover larger areas and they're significantly cheaper. I love that. Okay. We have literally like 10 seconds, but tell us about your redneck spin chill idea. Right. Okay. So this is a plastic cap that goes on the back, on the top of your uh, can drinks. You connect it to a drill, you put it in a cooler and it spins your drink using a drill of course, the uh, the centrifugal force forces the cold, the hot liquid out to the cold outside, and it chills your drink ten times faster than just if you were to stick it in ice. It's actually a product you can buy. It is. It is. <laughs> and I thought it was an uh, Alberta product. 
It's actually from the States, but uh, apparently <laughs> well, people Florida. swear by it. <laughs> oh, yep. Makes sense. Well, you know, anybody can use a cold beverage responsibly at this time, so we will uh, cheers to that. Thank mm-hmm. you so much for your cool advice, Mike. We appreciate it. My pleasure. That's Mike Yanni, the Gadget Guy. You can find him on YouTube by searching Gadget Guy Mike Yanni and on Instagram at Gadget Guy Mike. He actually is pretty cool. Six forty three mornings with Sue and Andy, and uh, we just had a drop with a delivery. There was a knock on the door downstairs, and. Uh, we're going to have to sample some food, Sue. It's part of our job. It is part of our job. Sometimes things are good about our job. Some things not so good. This is one of the best. Absolutely it is. Uh, uh, it's the uh, Tika Tequila food truck that dropped off some eats for us to sample. And that's where we're at right now, asking you, what's the craziest thing you've ever tried to eat on the Midway at the Calgary Stampede? They've had super hot chili pepper, scorpion pizza, and just about everything you can deep fry. And a few things you wouldn't think could be deep fried. To find out what's going on this year, we're joined by the manager of Stampede Programming, Kyle Corner, joins us to tell us what confections are the must-tries at Stampede this year. Good morning to you, Kyle. Good morning. I want to ask you a question first because Sue was talking earlier about her favorite Stampede food, and she said something about the peanut butter cupboard food truck. Do you know anything about that? I'm familiar with that wonderful (laughs) food truck, yeah. Is, Is that your food truck? Uh, I was fortunate to be there when it started. Uh, it's moved on to a, a new owner, a wonderful new owner. But still standing, right? Because Sue's really concerned. Uh, it's still standing. Unfortunately, won't make an appearance this year at Stampede uh, okay. just due to some challenges. But there will be peanut butter on the Midway. Oh, Don't you worry about that. Yay! Well, let's break down some of the highlights. I know just released in the past few minutes here. What are some of the new eats we can check out? Oh, I'm pretty excited about the Flaming Hot Cheetos mini donuts. They're got crumbled Flaming Hot Cheetos piled high, drizzled with jalapeno cheddar, the Cool Ranch Dorito corn dog, uh, rainbow grilled cheese. Um, oh, and this, I-, I would say we need a breaking news bulletin here. I'm a burger guy myself. Uh, we, we're talking a deep fried burger. So we're taking a delicious patty, French fries, putting them together all cozy, dipping them in batter as a bun and deep frying it. I am all for that. What is it about deep fried food and a Midway that just gets us so excited? I just always thought of it as stampede fuel, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's the only thing that kind of gets you through. Is <laughs> What's the weirdest thing that we'll be seeing on the Midway to eat this year? Oh, well, I think if you're into strange and adventurous, the deep fried pork intestines are probably what oh. you're after this year. <laughs> I would try that, actually. I, I would, would very sure. much give that a shot. I'm wondering, Kyle, because I'm not sure which year it happened. I've been to every Stampede since the late 70s, and you always had the fun, interesting festival and carnival food. And then somewhere along the lines, things got a little crazy. Um, so once once the bar has been set, every year you have to come with new things. So I'm wondering the research and what goes on behind the scenes to find these fantastic foods. Well, our, our vendors are our partners in that. They spend uh, all that off-season experimenting with so many goodies and coming up with amazing creations that uh, often make their debut at the Calgary Stampede. I think Sue's mouth is full. So I'm going <laughs> to... Um, oh, this is so good. As far as, you know, we, we've talked about it being a little bit different this year when it comes to the Midway 2021, a little fewer rides. What about the food selection? Are we going to have as many options? Oh, there's over 100 food concessions on the Midway setting up right now. Um, so we're not short of options and delicious treats there. Lots of space, though, to move around, and, uh, and you'll see uh, all those vendors will be able to pick uh, exactly what you want. 
I'm sorry, Kyle. I lost my mind for a minute there. I was trying the rainbow street corn. Oh, my gosh. Spicy oh. and sweet and delicious. And did you talk about sweet on the Midway? Did I miss that while I was busy eating? Uh, we haven't talked about sweet yet. We've got some wonderful uh, sweet things. The cotton candy soft serve ice cream uh, sounds right up uh, my alley. Mm. Deep fried mini donut Oreos. Oreos oh, stuffed inside mini donut yes, batter. Yes, Kyle. Fried. Yes. Uh, and if you want a healthier option, there are blueberry mini donuts as well. Everybody loves a blueberry in a, inside a donut, for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. We are very much looking forward to it. And I believe, is it uh, calgarystampede.com and we can search up the Midway food options? Yeah, visit calgarystampede.com. We'll have a full list there uh, today and pre-purchase your admission so you can come taste some of this great food. Awesome. Thank you so much. And thanks for sending in some treats for us to try. And thanks to Tika Tequila food truck that will be down at Stampede. Oh, that's some spicy stuff. I love it. Thanks, Kyle. Yahoo. Appreciate it. That's Kyle Corner, manager of Stampede Programming. Again, you can go to calgarystampede.com. Thanks for downloading and listening to the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review for free at Apple Podcast, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts. And tune in to Mornings with Sue and Andy from 530 to 9 every weekday morning on 770 CHQR.